0: dot com slash Google Teacher Pod, you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Thank you for your continued support, and may the Googles be with you.
1: This is Gabriel Correa from the EdTechBytes podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Just like the show you are listening to right now, the opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com.
0: And get ready, because the learning begins in 3, 2, 1...
1: Welcome to episode 81 of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast, your source for the latest Google for Education news, tips, tricks, and ideas you can use in class tomorrow. I'm Matt Miller from Ditch That Textbook
2: and I'm Casey Bell from Shake Up Learning and in today's episode we've got some super fun things to share with you. So you know that that moment when you have kids who suddenly have some extra time on their hands and you don't want to just give them the free pass, right? So we're going to share with you today some great enrichment activities and websites that come from Google so that you can make use of this this time that we know sometimes also tends to pop up around the testing phases as well so hopefully you're going to get lots of new ideas from that and of course we've got some Google news and updates and some really cool feedback and and ideas from the mailbag and a couple of things on the blog so Matt are you ready to do this I am
1: ready let's go So to kick off our Google news and updates for this episode, we've got a couple of new things within Tasks. So if you're familiar with Tasks, this is the Google app that you use whenever you want to manage your to-do list. If you like checking things off on your to-do list, then um, Tasks has a couple of new features. For one, now you're able to set a date and a time for your Tasks and then receive notifications. They've also made it so that you can create repeating tasks, and then you can also import reminders into tasks. So just a couple of little changes to this app that you can use to keep track of your to-dos.
2: I do like that update, and I love the quick access that we now have with, you know, keep and tasks right there in the side panel when you're in another Google app. So I think I think there will be some people who are excited because tasks has been a little dull. It needed needed a little refresher there. So I want to share with you something that has to do with Gmail. And it's actually a, a beta thing. So keep this in mind. But it's giving me a little bit of excitement. So what they are introducing is something they're calling dynamic email dynamic email in gmail say that three times fast <laughs> and <laughs> so what you can see in the in the blog post on the G Suite updates blog a little animation of a message that's coming in and what you're going to be able to do is to take some quick actions In that message. So, not only, you know, we've been getting those suggestions for a while um, in terms of of being able to get those quick answers into a message, but what this is going to do is make your email more interactive. So, you can see the freshest information, including comment threads that are coming from a doc. So I really like that to be able to not have to separately go open the doc and see the comment because sometimes that takes me like three or four clicks to get over there, but to be able just to to see that thread and to respond to that thread and you you can see it it's a little bit outside of the box that's the actual body of the email, and um, they're also going to be. Uh, ways that you can fill out a form right there and reply to other types of comments in line, all within the message. So this excites me. I like this. This uh, We need this in in our email because email's just got to get better. (laughs) And it is the bane of my existence, (laughs) but it is still there. And it's available, like I said, in beta. So uh, what you have to do is if you at are managing a domain, you can opt into this and it's available for all the different G Suite editions. Yeah,
1: this is cool. Um, I love that since Google's got all of these different tools and they have the ability to interact with each other well, that Google continues to find ways to help them to interact. And so the way this looks, it seems like it makes an awful lot of sense to to be able to have these uh, dynamic options within Gmail. Now we're going to stick in that same email uh, category. And what we're going to talk about here is Gmail conversation view. So in the past, what's happened is if you've used conversation view, conversation view is the way that you can bundle together all of the replies to the same email so that they don't show up as a whole bunch of different lines in your inbox. And what has happened in the past is that Gmail would bundle these messages together if the message was sent in a reply to another message, and then if it had the same like sender or recipients, or if it had the same subject, or if it was sent and if it was sent within a week of an earlier message. So basically it had to have all of these similar things and it would bundle it all together. But the problem is that sometimes, like for instance, you have two emails with the same subject, but they're not in the same conversation. But Gmail would bundle them together anyway. I've had that happen myself in emails. And it, it can be kind of a pain because then you have two or three different conversations all bundled together. It drives me bonkers. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so the long and the short of it is now Gmail has this, um, this feature where there are these reference IDs that help you to see that an email actually does pertain to the same conversation and not just that they have the same um, subject line. And so now they're giving this extra, it's like it has to have this extra, um, you know, this extra detail in sync with the the rest of the conversation to be able to bundle it together. So hopefully uh, with this new feature, if you see it, you should be able to use conversation view and keep those separate conversations separate and not all pulled together just because they have the same subject line.
2: That's great. And as we are saying goodbye to our beloved inbox by Gmail, right. I love that we're we're getting some better better features in in the new Gmail as well. And guess what? The last thing we're going to talk about in news and updates is another Gmail <laughs> update. Surprise. So <laughs> this one is actually just for iOS right now, and I'm pulling this up on my iPhone to see if I have it just yet. But what it's going to allow you to do is to customize the swipe actions. So you, inside the Gmail app, and everybody who uses it is probably familiar, you know, if you swipe on the message left or right, you can archive or um I forget what the other thing is but now it doesn't matter because you can make it do whatever you want it to do <laughs> yeah, yeah so you can choose to archive it you can you know so if you want to make it swipe Right means that it mark as read or unread or snooze or move to or whatever. So you can customize those actions to make those options that work for you. And so I'm, I'm excited. I think that mm-hmm. one will help me out too, because I do have a lot of messages that I like to go through and sometimes swiping on your phone is a lot faster than yeah. going in on the desktop anyway. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm a huge fan of of the the swiping right on my Gmail. So right. we'll make yeah. a new we're gonna make a new a new way to to talk about swiping right and left. It yeah. has to do with Gmail. So um yeah. So those are our Google news and updates for today's episode. Lots of Gmail in there for you. But if you want to get all the details and the links to the blog post to find out more, those will be in our show notes at Google 81. Hey, Tribe. Are you ready for some super fun Google tools that you can use with your students for enrichment activities or when they have that elusive free time Mm. (laughs) that may or may not arrive in your classroom? I know I think I had some students who would work hard to think that they had this special free time because they thought they were going to get to do whatever they wanted. In my class, there were very specific things that they were allowed to do. And I think a lot of the things that we share in today's episode would fit very well with those types of assignments. And Matt and I were talking as we were trying to design this episode about it being testing season that, that's upon us. And a lot of times we are faced with some weird schedules and students who finish things early or take practice tests or whatever it is that they're doing that we kind of end up with some some students that, that need some of this this kind of, of activities and not to come, not to just give them the busy work or watch a movie, but to give them something that's valuable. So we hope these will be valuable to everyone.
1: Absolutely. And I've yeah, I've seen seen that myself. And it's like, it's kind of nice to have some of this just sitting in your back pocket, ready to go. And so we're going to share with you some of our favorites, maybe some stuff that we've talked about in previous episodes. But we also know that, you know, sometimes it's good to get a little reminder here and there. So uh, one of the one of the favorite ones that I've come back to on a number of occasions is GeoGuessr. And so if you've never played GeoGuessr before, here's the general idea behind it, is that it uses Google Maps Street View, and it will drop you down in a location. And you can kind of pick whereabouts you want, you want it to drop you. And so it'll put you into a spot on Google Maps Street View. And what it looks like on the screen is that you're able to pan left, pan right. Um, you can walk up and down the street, And the goal is to try to figure out where in the world you are. So a lot of times it takes some context clues. You know, you walk around and you try to figure out by looking at street signs or by looking at, you know, sometimes looking at the cars or looking at the buildings around you. You're trying to figure out where in the world you are. And the more accurately you can guess, the more points that you get. So basically you take the map and you pin you stick a pin where you think that that you are and of course the closer that you get the more points that you do get and you do about 5 rounds of this and once you're done you have a grand total prize or a grand total uh score and then you know if you have students that are uh, playing this they can compare each other's score and you know see how well they did. And the thing that I love about this, when it comes to giving students some free time, is that it really does build our, um, you know, ability to pull all of these clues from our surroundings to activate prior knowledge, um, doing some critical thinking and some problem solving, and all of that. It just really does package a lot of these good, I guess you could call them, soft skills that we want to see students have. And um, it's fun and it's it's kind of like a, a game. So um, GeoGuessr I, has always been one of my favorites for students with free time on their hands.
2: I really enjoy GeoGuessr as well. I, every time I've played it though, I get dropped in the location that doesn't give me a lot of clues, yeah, it seems like. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the middle of nowhere. You know, it could be out in the country, Anywhere. There's like there's no signs. There's nothing. But you really do have to dig around. You have to find those, you know, those context clues and, and those different things. So I, I love kids piecing that together. Mm-hmm. Although, Matt, you said several times when you were talking about this, where in the world? And guess what that made me think of? Oh,
1: Carmen Diego.
2: Carmen San Diego. And we just talked about yeah. that in, in I think episode mm-hmm. eighty. And and that one would make a great one for this list yes. as well. So um be sure you go back to episode eighty and hear about the new Carmen San Diego game that you can play in Google Earth. But I'm gonna skip over to a completely different kind of app. It is called Emoji Scavenger Hunt. And so yes, this is from Google. It's a Google experiment and it uses the camera on your device to to identify emojis in the real world. (laughs) So, you know, kids these days, they speak an emoji language is how Mm -hmm. I like to think of it. They can have entire conversations. I'm not that good. I don't know about you, but like I can't just come up with this great, sentence that's just emojis. I'm I just I don't know, maybe it's the English think, degree but I, I get
1: stuck <laughs> on like the same 12 emojis and that's about it. My my vocabulary yeah. on emojis is not very deep.
2: No, no. I I yeah, I I just use those frequent ones and I don't really like dig into those, but the kids yeah. do. And so when they do that though, they may or may not actually know what that emoji is in real life. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, smiley face. Okay, we can guess some of that. But so this game is really like you're walk- and you really – is best on the mobile device. Although I think it will work on any, any web device that has a camera, but so you're walking around with your phone. And so the watch emoji will pop up and you have to take your camera, and go find a watch and it will detect it and let you know that you found it. So it just, you know, it's just a random game and it's, it's interactive. It is fun. And of course we, we are really talking about sort of a cultural shift, too, I think, in terms of the way students communicate when we think about emojis and the way that, that they use them. It, it is sort of defining something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll be interested to see the research that comes out of this over the next mm-hmm. few years. but. The game itself, just a fair warning, I, sh- I share this in a lot of presentations and it is fun. And I have been asked on many occasions, does it show anything inappropriate? <laughs> so we are talking about kids, y'all. So just a heads up, you could see the wine glass or the beer glass pop up. So, you know, not that they're going to, hopefully they're not finding that in your classroom. But, <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, if, especially if you're working with older kids, it may just be, okay, we're going to skip that one. Everybody knows what that is. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to make a big deal about it. So, uh, you know, especially with older kids, I don't think that's a huge, like, deal breaker, but you may disagree. So that's okay. But I just wanted to tell everybody just to yeah, case. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully that's not one where you'll find that in your classroom, at least not out in plain sight. Not just kidding.
2: I want to know. Yeah, no, huh? I want to know if there's a sweet
1: tea emoji. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> folks. In case you haven't noticed yet, Casey is extremely happy and excited and hyper today because she did get some good quality <laughs> sweet tea, and so she if she feels she seems a little extra chatty today, I think it's the sweet tea effect on her.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm high on sweet tea, yes. y'all. That's my yes, vice. There you go. That's right. <laughs> No, she's not, she's, she's not drinking the wine or the beer or doing drugs. She's (laughs) drinking sweet tea. tea, That's right.
1: (laughs) Casey, you and I are wild and crazy people, aren't we?
2: Oh, we are. We are. We are totally crazy. But yeah, no. And you may, you may notice that that accent kind of gets a little deeper. (laughs) This episode's going to be super fun.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Let's move on to another one. This is, uh, this is one that I I really like. It's called a Google a day. If you've never heard of this one before, Um, you know, a lot of us search the internet daily, of course, um, but we may not be that great at doing our internet searches. So if we want to improve our skills on this, a Google a day can help us with that. So it challenges users to put their searching skills to the test by asking them to answer a question using a Google search. And so you basically take on this challenge and you try to find the answer using Google and Google's actually got search education lesson plans. There's a link in the show notes that you can find too. So you can take this even further and help to teach kids search literacy in your classroom. So I know for me, You know, my um, search skills are pretty basic. Um, They're slowly improving over time, but I know that there's a lot that you can do with search by using, you know, your Boolean operators and, you know, your quotes and just a variety of different things. So, um, you know, a Google a day is one of those things that you can give kids that will help them improve their search skills, which in turn could potentially help their um, ability to find information in just about any class, I think.
2: Yeah, I love those two. And I, I really hope they they give us some updates on those. They've been around mm-hmm. for a while. and um, They're still useful if you go in and you might happen to see the old Google logo. Don't let it throw you off because they're still very valuable. And you can go make copies of um, some like, Google Slides templates and things like that. But what I love is that it's not a Google search that you get in one search. It's something that requires them to go deeper. So they're they're problem solving. They're answering questions, and so they're learning those skills and building on those skills as they go. So I, I it is definitely worth the worth the time. And you know what, my my students were always like copying and pasting the entire question yeah, into Google. Right, yeah. <laughs> so um, which. Nowadays, it actually is probably going to give them the answer because the search engine is so mm-hmm. good now, but at the same time, building those skills. So I, I totally agree yeah. with you on that one. I have another little tool that I want to share. So the language arts teacher in me is geeking out over this one, and it's called Talk to Books. And it's an AI experiment. And what they have done is they have, y'all know, I've told you Google's archiving everything under the sun, right? What they have done is they have taken over a hundred thousand books and what the artificial intelligence is trying to do is to find responses to questions so you basically type in a question or a statement and it responds how it thinks someone an author character or someone in a book would respond and that's really hard to explain until you see it but um You can see some of the examples just on the website. And for instance, how can I stop thinking and fall asleep? So if you type in that question, you're not only going to see some answers from a lot of different types of books, but you'll also of course, be able to see, okay, maybe these are some new authors to explore. Maybe these are some new ideas to explore. So I feel like this opens up some doors for literacy and kids who are, you know, just want to explore some things. So you, it's not a traditional search. You're not just searching a book. It's, it's meant like the search box, instead of saying search, it says, say something to books. So I like that. And I'm really curious to see how kids respond to this but you can you can play around with it and you can kind of explore some like why did World War one happen so you can pop that open and you'll get everything you know including historical and as well as you know maybe some fictional things and there's even uh from that response there is, an art book that pops up. So there's a response, you know, talking about art during World War II. So that can help students make a lot of different connections. So I feel like this is a really cool, cool tool to explore. Yeah, I agree.
1: I'd never really taken a look at it, but you're right. I mean, that's that's kind of what what we yeah, this this is kind of what we used to do um, to do our Google searches in the past before Google existed was we might pull some books off of a bookshelf and start flipping through. I know. What? That, I think people used to do that. You, you know, are not <laughs> alive back then. That was way farther <laughs> back than, than me. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think this is so cool. Um, Definitely worth checking out. I'm going to share one more real quick as we start to wrap this segment up. And it's one of my favorite things out there in the Googleverse and it's street view treks. You know, I'm a big fan of maps and of course um, GeoGuessr does use street view also. So one of my favorite things to have my students do when they did have free time on their hands was to go take a look at one of these street view treks. So basically, What Google Maps Street View does is they use this panoramic camera to take all of these pictures where you can look left and right and spin all around and look up and down um, from all these locations around the world. Now, what Street View Treks does, Treks, that's T-R-E-K-S, is that... They take these cameras to some of the most amazing places around the world. So, for instance, they take a waterproof version of these cameras underwater to the Great Barrier Reef in Australia and the Galapagos Islands. And then, you know, they'll take them down the Colorado River in the Grand Canyon. Or you can go to base camp at Mount Everest. Uh, one of my favorite ones is that you are they actually took one of these cameras and stuck it in the backpack of a rock climber who scaled El Capitan, which is a, uh, a big rock face at Yosemite National Park. And what's neat about all of these treks is that you're able to wander around all of these amazing locations around the world but they're also infused with multimedia. So sometimes you can hear the voices of the people who are taking you on the tour, or you can see video clips. And of course there are all of these panoramic uh, shots that you can take. So it's really sort of an immersive experience and all of these you know, wonder amazing places around the world. Um, so just giving students the ability to go explore through these street view treks is pretty cool. Um, but of course, you know, you can do some guided stuff within lessons, picking little bits and pieces from these street view treks, or even just assigning them to students. So really, really one of my favorite things um, to give students when they do have that free time on their hands.
2: That is an amazing resource. You know, I think one of the, the things that I love most about Google is that they allow us to explore the universe and the world that, in a way that we wouldn't normally get to. You know, the all of the different maps and treks and everything that we can do, the expeditions and just having this at our fingertips and being able to, you know, break down the walls in our classrooms. So what a, a fabulous resource. I'm going to end things with a, a completely different type of tool. <laughs> again, this my, my language arts background may be showing in this one, but I yeah. want to share story speaker. Cool. And I think we've talked about this one before, but it's too cool to not share with you again. And so the, this one is going to combine the power of Google Docs with artificial intelligence and essentially what it was designed to work with is the google home so that's why they call it story speaker just kind of thinking of the speaker itself but hang on because even if you don't have that in your classroom or maybe the privacy issues and things like that worry you so you're not going to use that in your classroom what this tool can do is still very powerful all by itself because what story speaker is is it's actually an add-on for Google Docs. And so you can go install the add-on and what it's going to do is it's going to do what most add-ons do. It's going to open that little sidebar to give you some different options. But what I love as a former writing teacher is it gives you a template to write a story. And not just any story, a choose your own adventure story. So that alone to me is worth it. Even if I don't have the ability to use, you know, the Google Home in my classroom. What you're going to do is you're going to write your story. So the kids are going to use this template and it gives them, you know, sort of like a place for their introduction and then those decisions, right? So just like you would in a choose your own adventure based on this, do you want to go to the right or the left or, you know, whatever those decisions are. So you work that out into the story. And what it will do if you want to take it into the story speaker and use it with the Google home is students can actually enable their own story to be read aloud from the speaker and they interact with the story by making those decisions so the choose your own adventure adventure story becomes interactive and it's pretty cool to for them to publish it and have it available and actually it can be shared so you know somebody else who has a a Google Home could listen to their story and interact with their story. And I just think it's so cool. So, you know, even Even if, like I said, even if you're like, okay, no, I don't have the Google Home, but if you, especially if you teach writing, I think this is just a really cool way to get a template, get a free template, yay, for choose your own adventure writing, because that's not typically the style of writing that a lot of kids spend time on, but for an extra enrichment type of assignment, it could be super fun. So I really, I really enjoy that, that as an option.
1: Yeah, and this is such a low barrier of entry to working with artificial intelligence and helping kids to see kind of how it works, too. So it's got that, that extra layer in it, too. So lots of good things that you can use with your students if they do have some of that free time on their hands. Uh, we also have a bunch of links to some other ones, including a couple of blog posts that Casey and I have written that do have a variety of things that students can go pursue when it comes to all of that. So, of course, you can go find any of that good stuff at our show notes at google Tribe dot com slash 81 there's a letter in your mailbox hey, you know what this is all your mail hey maybe i'll give you a call sometime you've got mail All right, folks, it's time for the mailbag, and we've got a couple of really good ones for you today. This first one comes from Nancy Richards. She's from North Hollywood, California, and she was listening to our episode about using the webcam to insert things and wanted to share this idea. So she said a fifth grade classroom that she's been working with has been studying technology's impact on society. And so she divided the they divided the class into eight groups of four and gave each group a photo of 21st century technology. They did a quick write in their groups and they discussed and created a paragraph for the group. And so then the teacher assigned a a deck of slides, a Google slide presentation to the class through Google Classroom. And so each group jumped into that slide presentation, clicked on their group number at the beginning to go to their slide. They stuck in a photo of what they were studying. And then the recorders took turns reading their paragraphs into a group screencast. And she even included a link so that we could see the finished product. So I thought this was really cool that they were able to integrate some writing, some multimedia, you know, like a photograph, um, some links, and even a screencast video. And so they were able to pull all of this together. And she said the teacher that she was working with was so pleased and stated, this is what the teacher said. She said, the collective minds of young students is powerful. This video reminds me of why I love coming to school each day. So, I just love the Aww. fact, yeah that that we've got that reaction coming from a teacher uh, because they're getting some some new ideas. So such a cool idea. Thank you, Nancy, for sharing that. And again, if you want to see the finished product, you can come over to the show notes and click on the link and check it out.
2: That's super cool. yeah, we always love to hear what y'all are doing in your classrooms in and- ideas that you have to share with us in the tribe or things that have inspired you. So thank you, Nancy, for sharing that. I have a message here from Matthew Reicher. I'm going to guess that I'm saying that one correctly. He's from New Jersey. And Matthew says, Hi, I have been giving some benchmarks using Google Forms quizzes, locked mode on managed Chromebooks. So he's He's giving quizzes using that new feature where you can lock down the quiz and kids can't open other tabs. But what he wants to do is to have students to be able to submit written work like math work, sketches, diagrams, you know, old school handwritten things with their responses in a Google form. And so he remembered that we had once shared that ability how you can upload a file into a Google form which is great, and that would allow him to upload those photos. But what he's asking us, and we are now going to ask the tribe, is, is it possible to let them write on paper and use the webcam to take a photo and upload it? that as part of their response? So I thought this was a great idea. And I'm like, um, yes, Google, please add this into Google Forms. Apparently, my direct line, it's it's not working right <laughs> now. <laughs> it's Google But I think this is a great idea, but I was very curious to what kind of workarounds maybe some other people in the tribe have for this. So it would be possible to upload a photo, a webcam photo, but you would have to open something else to take that photo. Right. So even if you went into docs and, you know, insert via webcam, you could do that and then submit the doc. But that feels like a lot of extra steps. I would love for it to be something quick and easy. Maybe there's a great extension that someone would share. But I, I think this is great because I love how we can use that camera to submit the more traditional paper pencil types of things that we're, you know, we still need to do in our classrooms and, and put that into a digital format. So if anybody has any ideas, please share that with us and leave us a message on Google teacher Hey tribe, let's see what's been happening on the blogs. So I have a post that I want to share that's actually part of a larger post and larger project, but it's called Meaningful Technology Integration and Dynamic Learning. It's a five-part podcast series of my other podcast, The Shake Up Learning Show. So if you want to dig into my dynamic learning framework and ideas for just making the most out of technology integration and making it purposeful and meaningful for your students. I would love for you to check it out. I do recommend that you listen in order because there is sort of a, you know, a meaning to it all. But um, those are all available, available and linked in our show notes as well.
1: Yeah, that looks like such a cool project. And I know that's something that a lot of people are always trying to kind of wrap their brains around. So definitely good stuff there. Um, I've also got a post that uh, recently was published called 60 Ideas for Using Google My Maps in Any Content Area. So this came from a recent chat in the DitchBook Twitter hashtag community. And we have chats on Thursday nights. And in this case, we were talking about Google My Maps and how you could use that. And this is such a versatile tool, I think a very underutilized tool, and we had all sorts of ideas for using it. And so we gathered all of those together into one place. And so if you're interested in learning more about Google My Maps and how you can use that in class, you can go check out that post and so you can find a link, of course, to that post and any of the other stuff that we've mentioned on the show at google slash All right, folks, so hopefully you've got some new ideas on how to make the most of that free time that students may have when they're done with a project or a test or the standardized tests and if you're starting to get into that time of year then we we suggest that you stay strong do the best that you can do you know we're we're all pulling for you and um the end of this the year is in sight and so uh you know we can we can definitely make it through this and hopefully some of these things will be useful to you
2: yeah you've got this (laughs) and I'm also praying just in case so so we love the fact that you're always connecting and and learning and sharing with us and with the Google Teacher Tribe that is what is so powerful about being a part of the tribe that it's not just me and Matt here chatting away but we're always connecting and learning from you so we would love it if you would share this podcast with another teacher friend and if you would leave us a review on iTunes that helps other teachers find us as well and we appreciate all of the fantastic things that you're all sharing and doing every single day
1: yeah yeah absolutely and of course we do love to get your questions and we definitely definitely love to showcase the cool things that you're doing with google tools so definitely head over to google and leave us a voice message um, so that we can help get get your ideas get some of those ideas out to other folks too so That wraps it up for another episode of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye, y'all.